going to stay there for most of the message this morning. As we talk about sharing your story, each one of us have a story. Each one of us that have experienced Jesus have something to share about what God has done in our lives. And so I want you today to think about your story. I want to challenge you today to think about writing your own testimony. Because I want to encourage you too that the fact that you have a story that could impact somebody else's life. That God's done things in you that God didn't do in my life. God's brought you through some things that maybe God didn't bring me through. You know, me and Pastor Mark and Adam and Tricia and all the other people that are on staff can inspire or maybe encourage people, but each one of us have a story that can be shared to make a difference in somebody's life. And so I want to encourage us to do that today. I want us to think about that and and know that God can use you. Some of the scriptures before we get to Acts I want to look at is 1 Peter 3.15 is one of them. It says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks to give the reason for the hope that you have. And so we need to be ready and willing to share the reason why we know Jesus, the reason why we came into this relationship with Christ, we should be ready to share this and talk about it. That's why this is important to talk about your story and what God has done in your life because this is a story that should be shared with other people. We should tell others. And in 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, we proclaim to you what we've seen and heard. A lot of times maybe we make it too complicated, what our story is. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be uh, something we have to embellish or create in our minds. We just tell what God has done, what we've seen and heard, what God has done in our lives. That's what the disciples were doing. They were just reporting to people saying, this is what we saw of Jesus. This is what we saw him do. This is the miracles we saw him do. This is the amazing things that we witnessed. In the same way, oh, that was weird. Sorry, squirrel, whatever. Uh, beeper. Um, but the idea is this, is that we need to keep our eyes or our heart open to what God is doing and share that, relay that, what, what God has done in our lives and share that with other people. So the first thing I want to do is talk about some things about what we can do and steps, and then we're going to look at an example. We're going to look at Paul's example of how he shared his testimony, and then I'm going to do my testimony at the end. But I really want you to do your own testimony. And actually, if you just want to ignore my part when I start sharing my testimony, I'm perfectly fine that I'd rather you start working on your own testimony and start developing your story than hear mine. Because that's really what I want to accomplish at the end of this message is for you to think about writing your story, your testimony, and having it to where you can share it with somebody else. And maybe I'll even challenge you a little bit more with that. So the first thing I want to look at is your lead-in. What, what would be your lead-in or your introduction? What, how can you just kind of introduce yourself to this, to share what God is doing in your life and talk about what God has done? So the first thing I want to look at and uh, talk about is the lead-in is your introduction. Share who you are by sharing your name, where you're from, your hobbies or your work. Try to give some context to your life so that people can get to know you better, kind of understand who you are better. And so I think that's an important thing to think about. It's three to five things that maybe you could share about yourself. They kind of give somebody some context of who you are, what you're about, 
in your life. So looking at Paul, and like I said, Acts chapter 26, we're going to start with verse 2. And this is King Agrippa. Now, King Agrippa was actually King Herod. He was the last King Herod there is at, there was actually, you know, all these King Herods. He's the last one that it will ever be. And King Herod was over Judea, right? But he was like kind of like a, a king that made a few decisions, didn't do a whole lot because Rome had also already taken over that area, right? So they were really under Roman authority, but he was still king in name, really. He could have choose the high priest, but there was limited authority that he had. But he could, he could rule over Jewish things. And so King Agrippa is here. And here's the situation, too, is that Paul has been in prison for two years uh, because the Jews have made accusations against him that are, really are unfounded. But basically, they just don't want Paul talking about the gospel. They don't want him to share it about Jesus anymore. They're tired of it. They feel threatened, and they want Jesus to stop. Paul to stop talking about Jesus, so they just want to end his life. So here we have the situation where he has an audience. There's a court hearing going on. So I want you to kind of imagine that there's this, there's this group of people that are just listening. Paul's in chains in front, and they have this courtroom setting, and then King Agrippa is kind of like the main seat, kind of listening in to hear Paul's testimony. And so there's other people around too as this court hearing is going on. But they just want to hear a report because Paul has pleaded to Caesar, which means he's going to be handed over to Caesar, but the king wants to make sure what his story is. So here's, here we go. King Europe, I consider myself fortunate to stand before you today as I make my defense against all the accusations of the Jews, especially so because you are well acquainted with all the Jewish customs and controversies. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. The Jewish people... All know the way I have lived since I was a child, from the beginning of my life in my own country and also in Jerusalem. They have followed me for a long time and can testify, if they are willing, that I confirm to be a strict, strictest sect of the religion, living as a Pharisee. And now it is because of my own hope in what God has promised our ancestors that I am on trial today. This is the promise of the 12 tribes are hoping to see fulfilled as they earnestly serve God day and night. King Agrippa, it is because of this hope that, that these Jews are accusing me. Why should any of you consider it incredible that God can raise the dead? And so here we see Paul kind of giving a background of where he's from, where he grew up, how he was. He was a kid and he was learning the strictest sect of this religion, of this Judaism. And he was growing up in that and became very strict and very zealous in it, right? He was a Hebrew, or he was a Jew of Jews, right? He was, he was a Pharisee living out, trying to be the best Jew he could possibly be. So that gives us a lot of context there. So that's the lead in. So now we go to the before. So the before, and this is something I want to thank Pastor Mark because he introduced me to youth specialties when I was a youth pastor. And it was really cool because it gave us all these cool things to think about and games and all those things to do with youth groups. But also it gave me a lot of things like this to talk about how to share your testimony. And so here's 
Here's the next thing that we look at is your, your life before you became a Christian. Your attitudes and actions before I became a Christian. If appropriate, include family or church background. Avoid naming religious denominations since this may alienate some of your listeners. So three to five things about what your life was like before you accepted Christ. What was your life like before you accepted Jesus? What were the backgrounds? What were some of the things in your life that you did? How did you live your life? What were the attitudes that you had, the actions that were committed before you became a believer in Jesus Christ? Start writing those down. And I'm gonna do it. We're gonna look at Paul here in a second, but I want you to start thinking about your own life. What were you like before you came to know Jesus Christ? As your Savior. Acts chapter 26, verse 9 through 11. And I love this because here we see a story of Paul just standing in front of people and he's sharing his testimony. He gave us the lead in, he's introducing himself, giving us some context of who he is, saying he's a Pharisee, uh, basically started out since he was a child. He was very, very zealous in it. And now we hear some of the things that he did in his past as he's talking about before he accepted Christ what he did. I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priest, I put my, many of the saints in prison and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished and I tried to force them to be blasphemed. In my obsession against them, I even went to foreign cities to persecute them. So here we have four or five things that we could look to and just point out. We could dissect this and look at these different things that Paul did as we look at this. One is that he was looking for people that were Christian, right? He was persecuting and throwing them in prison. What else did he do? Not only did he throw them in prison, but he actually had them you know, convicted to death, right? He wanted to see them to die. He cast his vote saying, hey, this person deserves death because I know they're a Christian. What else did he do? He tried to, he tried to convince some Christians to blaspheme and say they weren't Christians anymore. He tried to change their minds. He tried to get them to, to go another direction. Not only that, but he was so obsessed he went after them and pursued them, even if they were in a different country, he would try to go get them, right? No wonder the Jewish people, or the, sorry, no matter, no, it's amazing to me that the Christian church, no wonder they were scared of Paul. No, no wonder they were afraid of him. So here we see this, that Paul lays out three to five things here of who he was as this Jewish person before he came to know Christ. What were you like? What were some of the things that you did before you came to know Jesus Christ? Why is this so important to think about these things? Because I think it gives hope to people that have never experienced Christ that they can change too, that they can be different. They don't have to be the same. They can have hope knowing that they can be rescued, that they can be delivered, that they can be saved. So many people I've met that aren't Christians, oh, like if I go in that church, the church will fall apart, or the roof will cave in, or God doesn't want me. You don't know where I've been, Eric. You don't know what I've done. So many people feel that way, and you gotta give them some context to say there's hope, that you are just like them in so many ways. 
I'm not here. I'm not doing what I do because of me. I'm doing it because of what God did in me. Jesus saved me. Jesus did something in me I couldn't do myself. So we need to share. We need to share with people about what it was like in our past. And sometimes we are embarrassed by our past, right? We don't want people to know our past because it may be ugly. It may be something we don't want to share. It may be sins that we don't want to talk about. Things that we don't want to, you know, let people know. Why is it important to share those things? It's because it helps them see what, the, what God has done in you and brings hope to them that they can have that too. That they can be changed. That they can be different. They can be saved. So make sure you share about your past. What it was like before you became a Christian. When you're sharing your testimony, share the beforehand. Share what it was like before. And as we lead into the how, you know, my, my story is that I was, I was young, but we're going to look at Paul's story too here. And the, the thing I want you to focus on is this. What are the circumstances surrounding your conversion? Consider the time, date, place, motivation, circumstances, etc. What was it about this good news that brought you to Christ? What was it about the good news that changed your life? When did that moment for you happen? So three to five things that you share about what God has done in your life. What, how did that happen? What were the circumstances around that? Now, for me, I, don't, I remember it's, you know, I was nine years old, but I don't remember the exact date. That's okay. You don't have to always know this, the right time or the right place. But you share your context of how you became a Christian, how you did that, made that decision to follow Christ. Let's look at Paul's example. On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus without the, with the authority and commission of the chief priest. About noon, O king, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you, for you to kick against the goads. Then I asked, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, who you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant, as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So Paul lays out what happened to him. He was on this road to Damascus, right? And about noon, he knows the time. About noon, Jesus appears to him and says, why are you persecuting me? And he says, who are you, Lord? And he says, I'm Jesus of Nazareth. I'm going to have you do some great things. Stand, go. I'm going to use you. And I love that part. He says, I'm going to take, use you to bring people from darkness to light. I'm going to use you for, from Satan's power to God's power. You're going to change lives. 
Think about what happened in the circumstances that you made the decision to follow Christ. Where were you? What happened? What occurred? What were the circumstances surrounding you? What was the situation in your life? How did God speak to you in that moment that you gave your life to Jesus? That you made that choice? You made that change? Now let's talk about the after. Sharing about what happened since you accepted Christ. So list out three to five things that changes the changes in my attitude and my actions since I decided to follow Christ and be enthusiastic. We need to be excited about this because God is doing things in our life that we need to share with other people. And think about those actions and attitudes that God has changed in you since you became a Christian. How has your life changed and now different in Christ? Let's look at Paul. Acts chapter 26 Verse 19, so then King Agrippa, I was not disobedient from the vision from heaven, first to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem and all of Judea and to the Gentiles also. I preached that they should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance by their deeds. That is why the Jews seized me in the temple courts and tried to kill me. But I have had God's help to this very day. And so I stand here and I testify to small and great alike. I love that part. I love that part because he's saying to those great and small alike. You know, he's, he's there. He's sharing this with King Agrippa. But he's saying, I'm speaking to everybody that's hearing the sound of my voice. I'm sharing what God has done in me. And I want to let you know what God has, has used me, that I've been speaking about Jesus since that day. Since that day, I've been telling people about Jesus. I've been speaking out about who Jesus is. And God's done this in my life. And I'm not going to hold back. And I'm not here just to speak to you, King Agrippa. I'm here to speak to your servants, to anybody that will listen. I'm here to share this story. I am saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen that the Christ would suffer and as for the first to rise from the dead would proclaim light to his own people and to the Gentiles. So sharing those things about what God is doing, like Paul, Paul knew he was there to share not just with the Jewish people but to the Gentiles. God's given him a purpose a meaning behind his life now to go and do, to share this good news of what God's done in his life, to share it, to talk about it. And there's so many things that God's doing in your life that can encourage people to say, wow, you have purpose now. You have strength. You look to God. God is your strength. God is your rock in your life. He's your source. It doesn't mean that our life is going to be perfect. It doesn't mean we're not going to have struggles, but the source of our strength going through trials, going through tribulation is our Jesus, our Savior. He's the one that gives us the strength to go through it and deal with life, deal with the hardships of life. He's our anchor. And so what are those three to five things that God's been doing in your life? What are those things that God's been working in you? So here comes my testimony. And like I said, I'm not sharing this for you to think of me something. I'm sharing it because I want, if there's anybody here, maybe somebody's here that has never accepted Jesus Christ. So maybe I can share a little bit of context of my story to maybe help you see 
the difference that Christ has made in me. So I'm going to throw up some things here. Let's go to the lead in. But also I want to challenge you, if you get tired of listening to me, or don't even want to listen to me, it's totally fine. But start writing out your, your testimony. Uh, on the Bible app, if you go to events, you can start writing those notes down. Write, start writing your story. Maybe just start out like I am, and I'm just writing some bullet points. Don't, you don't have to write the whole thing out. Maybe, maybe just some things would trigger your memory. And, and, and make it as simple as possible, because this doesn't have to be complicated. We're not fabricating a story. We shouldn't, right? I'm going to just tell you my story the way it is, not, not try to make it better or worse. I'm going to tell you what God has done in me, and I want you to do the same. So the first thing is, my name is Eric Leeson. It's actually Eric Christian Leeson. Actually, if you want to know a little side story, I changed my name. My name was Charles Eric Leeson. And then after my dad was uh, sent to prison, I had the opportunity to change my name. So I changed my name because it was Charles was my dad's name. So I changed it to Eric and I put Christian. So I'd always be a Christian. And I named my boys, their, their names are Christian. Their middle name is Christian too, so they're stuck with it too. But anyhow, I'm bad sometimes. Anyway. Uh, but, the, but the thing it is, that, that's, that's my name. That's who I am, Eric. I like Eric. I always went by Eric anyhow, so it wasn't a big change for me. But I did change my name at one point. My parents are divorced. Uh, I don't even really talk, have communication with my dad. I hope he's doing well, but we'll get into that a little bit more. But uh, pray for my mom. She's having a little bit of health issues, and she's uh, stuck in her house still right now. She's quarantined. <laughs> but uh, no, that's another story. But again, now you know some context in me. My, I, you know, I'm sure some of you have been dealt with that when your parents were divorced. Maybe you've never changed your name, but you might have wanted to. I don't know. Um, I live in Parkersburg all my life. I've been in this area for a long time. Well, yeah, a long time. <laughs> uh, and it's been a privilege to be in this area. I always thought I was going to be the one that God would ship away. A lot of my friends went to other places and did other things. And you know, God called me here to be here. Married. My wife Shelly's over there. And we have three kids. Uh, they're growing up like crazy. Two teenagers. Pray for us. One that thinks he's a teenager, and that's another, that's a hard thing right there. When he thinks he's a teenager, he's only 10. But, uh, and I serve as the associate pastor here at Porterfield. And I've uh, been here for almost 14 years. That's crazy. So, been here for quite a while. Started out as a youth pastor and been an associate for six, almost seven years now. So, the attitudes and actions before I became a Christian. So, what are some of the things that were in my life? I accepted Christ at nine years old. I don't remember the date. So, don't feel bad if you can't know your date or time. It's probably on a Sunday morning. But I do remember it. It was, it was one of those things where it was just uh, a time where, where God really did something cool in my life. I guess I skipped ahead. Sorry. What were my attitudes and actions before I became a Christian? Let's go there first. One of the things I did, I remember doing a lot, was lying to my parents. And I would just try to cover up things. A lot of times I was just scared to get in trouble. So I'd just try to lie to cover up what I did. And I just remember that a lot. Not that I didn't do other things. I'm sure there's a lot of other things I did. But that was probably the biggest thing I did was lie. 
Uh, I remember, you know, growing up, you, we didn't have VCR, or I didn't have a VCR starting out. So there was no way to record your TV show. So if I lied and got in trouble, I'd lose my favorite show, which was Knight Rider, David Hasselhoff. And it was this, the, the car kit was really cool. It talked and uh, did a lot of cool things. And that was my favorite TV show. If I got in trouble, I'd lose it. And I wouldn't be able to just watch it the next day. Like my kids could just pick up Netflix and just pick up where they left off. I would have to wait a whole week for another show. And then I wouldn't, I, I missed that show, you know, because we didn't have reruns back then. You'd have to wait till like years later to see reruns. So to my knowledge, it was just gone, you know. So I just missed it, right? It was just gone, right, Tracy, you know? You know? So I know it's, it, that may be predating a lot of people here, but, but anyhow, I'll just share, share my feelings. Um, but yeah, I knew that there was things in my life, and I guess that was the biggest thing. I knew that there was lies that I was telling that there was just wrong. Uh, sin was before me. I knew it I, even at that young age, I knew there were things in my life that I was doing that was not pleasing to God. It wasn't honoring my parents. It wasn't doing the right thing when I should have been doing the right thing. This was, the next thing was a wake-up call for me. My mom used to babysit um, kids younger than me, a lot of them, some were my, my age. And this goes back to my dad too, that my dad was abusive. He abused uh, us and that was really hard. Uh, my mom took a lot of, of the hits. That was really hard. There was a time when I was 12 years old and, and he actually, I remember me and my sister holding our hands in the kitchen and he threw my mom up on against the wall and slapped her across and he heard her neck just crack. Um, that, was, that was hard to see. Um, and you know, my dad was just, just difficult to live with. He was hard. I was, I, and I'll share this, I, I was afraid of my dad. But one of the things I noticed that made me realize that I didn't want to be this person was I kind of was acting out, I guess, like doing some of the things I saw my dad do. So I was just trying to twist this girl's arm to get her to do something I wanted her to do. And I just remember after that feeling so convicted, like, I don't want to be this person. I don't want to do this with my life. I don't want to, I don't want to hurt somebody else. And I just remember, I think that was really close to the time, maybe a few months later that I gave my life to Jesus because I knew I didn't want to do that. I knew I, did, I, knew I couldn't do it myself. I couldn't change myself. It was going to have to be God that changed me. But I knew there was something going on in me that I needed, I needed fixed. I needed God. And I didn't want to be like my dad. And I was afraid of my dad. I, you know, a lot of times I think I was obedient out of fear more than I was obedient out of love because I was just afraid. I was scared. A lot of conversations I would not have with my dad because I just didn't know how he would respond to anything I'd ask. I remember trying to help him out with things and maybe things would be thrown or he'd call me names or just put me down or just hurt me for no reason. I understood too at that age, there were times where I deserved punishment and there was times that I didn't do anything wrong, but he punished me anyhow. And that was hard to understand all that. Last thing or other thing I wanna share, there's more to my story like everybody. Every, every one of us have more detail in our stories, but just try to pick at least three to five things, okay? 
But I had a lot of stress. You know, I was being made fun of at school because of my cerebral palsy on my left hand. I had surgery at five. And, and, you know, so I had a big plaster cast. They didn't have a a, a nice fiber. Oh, man, I'm kind of bitter with a lot of things. (laughs) I didn't have the nice fiberglass, you know, cast. uh, A big plaster cast, you know. But um, then I'd have to use a walker. And I was like, man, what kid wants to, I couldn't use crutches because my left arm was so weak, but I had to use a walker to get around and that was so embarrassing. I just felt like that was just, you know, I didn't want to have to deal with that. There was just a lot of stress of school, being made fun of, picked on, and the home. I developed ulcers like at five years old in my stomach because I was just so scared and stressed about life. So those are some of the things that made now. I don't want to take away anything just because my story may be, you know, different than yours. Your story is just as powerful. So don't, don't do this thing where you well, I don't have a story. Yeah, you do. Whatever that is, you need to share that story. Okay. Sorry, I get a little mean to you, but I, I want you to share your story. Each one of us have a story to share and don't let Satan say, oh, well, your story is not good enough because that is not true. That's a lie from Satan. And you need to say, you know, there was a past I had and I needed to share what that was like so other people can be touched. So what were the circumstances surrounding my conversion? Well, like I said, I was nine years old. My grandfather uh, was preaching. He was a pastor at Gospel Mission, 14th Avenue Gospel Mission Church on the south side. And he just, he just had this message. It was a particular Sunday that I just felt like God was speaking to me. It's like there's nobody else around, but God was just using him and his words that God was speaking to me and saying, Eric, I love you. Eric, I, I, I want you. And I, I just remember tears coming down my face because I just felt that calling, that tug on my heart, like God is the answer. Jesus is the answer. And so at the, you know, God spoke to me during the message. I went forward during the invitational song and I asked Jesus into my heart. And I just remember crying a lot because I went from a dark place of feeling like I had no hope to a place where I felt like I had hope, that there was something I could do. There was something that God wanted to do in me, that, that God rescued me from a dark place and that God was bringing joy to my life. Now, that doesn't mean that everything was perfect after this. No, it wasn't. I was still dealing with all the circumstances that I was living under, but there was something that was changed inside of me at that moment. What was your moment? One of my friends, one of my dear friends, he, he accepted Christ at a church camp, but not in the sense of like you think there's an invitation, there's people coming up and, and they give their life, right? He was, he was at church camp and his friend, and he was reading a scripture in, in Revelation 3.20. It said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Any man that opens the door, I will come in and step with him. And his friend, he said, Dale, what's the door? What's the door, Dale. And at three o'clock in the morning, Dale is like, it's my heart. And he accepted Jesus Christ in his bunk bed and gave his life to Jesus. See, it doesn't matter where you are, but the story is important to share because it can give hope to people. Maybe they feel like they have to be at church to accept Christ, and that's not true. You can be anywhere except Jesus. You don't have to have a certain thing be done to give your life to Jesus Christ. 
But share that story. What were the circumstances? What, what happened? How did God tug on your heart? What was God saying to you at that moment? Where were you? Who was with you? Share three to five things about that. And then let's talk about the after. Well, the after for me was the joy of knowing Jesus that I had this personal relationship. I should have known that God was going to call me in ministry. Some of you guys already know this story, but when I accepted Christ, shortly after I accepted Christ, I would go in the bathtub and I would take a, take a bath, you know, a nine-year-old kid, and I would start taking my little plastic army men, and I'd line them up on the edge of the bathtub, and I'd start preaching to them. I'd start talking about Jesus, and I'd say, give your life to Jesus Christ, and, you know, Jesus loves you, and then I'd baptize them in the bathwater. To, you know, baptizing, I would just be crying, and, and, I, and mom would knock on the door and say, Eric, are you okay? I should have known that God was going to call me to ministry, right? But, but that was just the difference that God was doing in my life. There was a new purpose that God had given me. There was a new direction. Now, I did struggle through my teen years, and I think a lot of us do, right? And I, there was a point I'd rededicated my life. But even, at, even through those struggles, I knew that God was still there. I became angry with God, but I knew God was real because of what he had already done. But I argued with God. I was angry at God because he wasn't answering my prayers the way I wanted him to. But God can give you purpose. And he gave me purpose. He gave me a new direction. It's hard to believe I've been doing ministry for 25 years. I started with a youth group. My sister was my first teenager I had in my youth ministry. Because God called me to Gospel Mission, the church where years ago my grandfather had served out. He had a stroke and retired and everything, but God was using me there at Gospel Mission. And I developed a youth program, and God used that youth program, developed into 25 kids. That was awesome. And God led me away from there. And I did drama ministry for a while with some of my friends, my college friends. We would go around to do retreats, lock-ins. One, one time, one year, there was a, we did one year, we did four lock-ins in one week. We were college students, okay? <laughs> I couldn't do that now at all, barely one, but uh, God was using us. And then God called me and led me to go to a church called Calvary Memorial. And God did really cool things. I saw the youth group go from about 10 kids that we had to we had over 60 and God was doing really cool things. And God has brought me here. And God has done really cool things. And I see some of the teens I've had in youth group here. And I'm just so proud of them. I'm proud of the people that I've had a chance and opportunity to grow with. I'm proud to serve here as the associate pastor. I'm, I'm thankful that, that Mark and me get along so well. And that I have somebody to look to for guidance and direction. But God... It wasn't, and I want to say this with all clarity, it wasn't me doing those things. It was God doing those things. I was just a willing vessel for God to use. One of the greatest things is the joy of leading other people to Christ. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity, and it doesn't take a pastor or a youth leader or a Sunday school teacher to lead somebody to Christ. You can lead somebody to Christ. And it's the greatest feeling. You know why it's so great? Because you know you're making a difference that's just not earthly. It's eternity at stake here. And you're doing something to make a difference in somebody's life that's, that's beyond this life. It's awesome. 
Melanie uh, here in the front row. We served together on staff at Calvary. I remember seeing kids come to Christ, and I see kids come to Christ here at our vacation Bible school. I see kids come and know Jesus. I see kids in our upwards knowing Jesus and, and learning how to follow Jesus. That's the joy that we have. So going back to now your story, I want you to write your story. I would love to hear your story. And I know that there's somebody out there that you work with, that you, maybe you live with, maybe a family member, maybe a next door neighbor. There's somebody that needs to hear your story. They will need to hear your testimony and what God's done in your life. I wanna challenge you to share your story with somebody. But this day and age that we live, and we're so willing to put all kinds of crazy things on Facebook anyhow, you know? We'll show what kind of dessert we're having, where we go on vacation, which I always thought was weird, because like, why do you wanna check into a vacation? Now I know, can I go to your house and just hang out, right? I'm just teasing. <laughs> if I leave some things at your house, just don't worry, it's okay. I just, I was just visiting. But anyhow, um, what if, what if you put your testimony on Facebook? What if you created a video of your testimony? I'm not saying you have to, but I do want you to do this part, share it with somebody. Even maybe just start sharing it with your spouse, just so they can have that context of where you were, what happened to you. And that way you're ready to share it. It doesn't have to be perfect. I didn't do it perfect today. I didn't, I didn't go out and just write out on a piece of paper all the listings of everything I did in my life. But I think you know me better now, right? And I think you know what God did in my life. Be willing to share what God has done in you with others. You have a story to share. And you know what? Just like we, just like Paul, we are like Paul because we're surrounded by a crowd of witnesses. We're around people all the time that we can share our story. And I wanna invite anybody here, this could be your day. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, I'm here standing before you, testifying what God has done in my life, that God took me from a very dark place, God called me out of that place, I made the decision to follow him, and I've been trying to follow him ever since. I invite you to meet this man named Jesus. He came, he loves you, he cares for you, he died for you, and he wants to live inside your life. He wants to be a part of your life. And all he asks is you to surrender your life and say, Lord, come into me, and I wanna live for you. Forgive me of my sin so I can stand clean before you. And why is that also so important to be clean? Is because it frees us. It frees us. Because the sin of the world weighs us down and it traps us and it enslaves us. But when we give our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ, it frees us and we can be happy in relationship with God once again. I wanna invite you as we have a song of invitation. If, if you want to pray at your seat, you can pray at your seat. If you'd like to, me to pray with you, I'd love the opportunity to help lead you to Christ. I know Pastor Mark, I know we have Stephen's ministers and deacons here too that would love to take an opportunity to pray with you if you don't know Jesus. Don't be ashamed. This could be the greatest day of your life.
as you take a step out to follow Christ. But if you have any other need as well, please feel free to come.